0: Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Uh, God is taking us in a direction, and I want to ask you guys something. How many people in here are saved? How many people got Jesus? Amen. Amen. So what if I say this to you, and I'm going to say it. What if what what you thought salvation was was wrong? Dang it. What if you thought what salvation is is wrong? Some people, I'm sure of it. Well, let me ask you. You know, millions of people, I'm sure millions, hundreds of thousands of people go to the doctor feeling fine. I look good, I feel good, I'm in perfect shape. And they go in there and the doctor says, I hate to tell you this, but you have stage four colon cancer, you're going to die in four months, tops. I look good, I feel good, I perceive that I'm well, but I'm not. There's a lot of us in here like that. Our salvation is really based upon something we heard because we really never take time to crack open the Bible and read what the Bible says about salvation. We're at a point and place in church saying to God that we're losing people that are saved. I'm not one of those pastors that just because you came up here and recited a verse... I can give you you a script, and reading a script and repeating a script does not equate to salvation. And people are sitting there telling other people that people are saved because they recited a, a, a script, and that says that you're saved. It's not. It's a matter of the heart, but there's much more to it. And because of the direction that the Lord is taking us, it is necessary. It is necessary for us to understand our purpose as Christians. Porque la dirección que la Señor nos está uh, llevando es necesito que estamos nuestra, nuestro propósito como cristianos. So it's important we receive this teaching. Por eso es importante que recibamos esta enseñanza. Now listen, if you guys have been here for a little while and you guys have been to a baptism class, There's a wonderful teaching in Romans chapter 6, and it says this. It says, if we are baptized into Christ, we are no longer slaves to sin. Ya no somos esclavo de vacado. Our baptism now identifies us with Christ. Nuestro baptismo ahora nos identifica con Cristo. We who have been baptized into Jesus Christ have been baptized into his death. Nosotros que hemos sido baptizados en Jesucristo, hemos sido baptizados en su muerte. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, and if a few are in Christ. Oh, somebody's reading. It says, if any, not just a few people. It says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We love that verse for us, huh? Because we know what kind of ratchet stuff we've done in the past. Come on. I got anybody that's going to be a true Christian in here? You ain't always live right. You woke up in some places. You're trying like, how did I get here? Huh? But I want you to remember something, saints. It's good to remember this scripture for you, but I'm here to ask you to remember it for other people. The church, the sanctuary, the word sanctuary means safe place. And there are people that have done horrible, horrific things in their life, but have found Christ. And because they've been labeled by whatever they've done, doesn't mean that we treat them by their old nature. If a prostitute that you knew comes in here and wants to give her life to Christ, she is a new creation. Can I hurt you guys a little bit? If a pedophile came in here and gave his life, truly gave his life to Christ, he's a new creature. It's a new creation. And we need to treat him as such. We need to love on them. We need to use wisdom. I mean, if somebody was free from from being a drug addict, I'm not going to put drugs in front of them. That's just natural. But we treat that person as a new creation the same way we want that grace. Because if I sit down and tell you about all the stuff I've ever did, you probably wouldn't want me to be your pastor. You guys, look at me now. I'm trying to tell you. My, my sister and my nieces and nephews, they'll tell you the stuff I used to do. And you'd be like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not even going to that church no more. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. Keiko, they don't even know. Right. I lost my place. <laughs> New. New. <laughs> Not rebuilt, not remodeled, not reshaped, but new. He didn't come in and remodel me. He made me new. He broke the mold and reshaped and formed me in the image of Christ. Come on, saints. Some people get Some people understand the life that they live. While we were yet sinners, yes. Christ died. Yes. Listen, saints, if we truly receive Jesus Christ into our hearts, and we have been born of water and spirit, si verdad, recibiste a Jesucristo en nuestro corazón, y hemos sido nacido del agua y el espíritu. And this is according to Juan uh, 3 y 5. John 3 and 5. John, it says this, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, unless a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, let me just stop and say something real quick. So a lot of us think that baptism is what saves us. No. We, t- we teach this in baptism class. If you guys want to know more about it, I don't have time to talk about it, but it's about confession with your mouth after you believe in your heart. Not See, confession with mouth, you know, people confess a lot of things. I'm in the military, and I would run into guys at, at the VA to tell me that they were special forces. Ain't never been in special forces. So just because you confess something doesn't mean that that's what you really feel. You know, a lot of times we confess things just to get what we want. No, I love you. Y'all don't even catch that. So after you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, after you receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, that's the spirit being born again. It's born. Your spirit's renewed. And then you go to baptism. Born of water. Born of spirit. So, si dice que has nacido de nuevo, no puedes practicar el pecado. If you say you're born again, you cannot practice sin. bars. If you say that you're born again, you cannot practice sin. I'm sorry. It did. It got quiet. They're like, man, what do you mean? What do you mean? Can I tell you the difference between an accident and practicing? You already know, but I'll just make it plain for you. Okay. How many people have been in a car accident ever? Did you plan it? Did you wake up in the morning and go, you know, today I'm going to get in a car accident? You got in your car and you were doing what you were doing every day. You were going to work. You were going to the store. You were just driving to pick somebody up. And somebody somehow, somewhere along the way, or maybe you, did something wrong, ran into your car. We call that a car accident. I didn't mean for it to happen. But let's talk about practice. Practice. You talking about practice? Practice. Practicing sin means this. Anytime you practice sin, I'll just use this as an example, okay? You're, you're you, you having some feelings, and you want to get with somebody. Well, first you had to think about it. Then you're thinking about it. Then once you're done thinking about it, you thought about it so much, you go ahead, now you got to start looking for phone numbers. Then you find the phone numbers, then you go ahead, now you got to dial the phone. Once you dial the phone, guess what happens after that? You talk to the person. You make the connection. I'm going to come over. Now you got to go get dressed. Hopefully you take a shower. You get in your car. You, right? Yeah, it should have been a light shower. Get in your car. You got to drive where you're going to get where you're at. Then when you get in that, you got to get out the car. You got to knock on the door. You open up the door. You go inside the house. You got to sit down and talk if you're going to talk. And then there's some actions that have to take place before you actually get into the actual physical act of sin. Now, there was a process to that sin. And literally, you cannot call it an accident because you had so much planning involved that you're practicing sin. And so many of us practice sin on a daily. And if you're practicing sin, you are not saved. You want to argue about it? Argue with the word. You know why? First John three and nine. Those who have been born into God's family do not make practicing of sinning, because God's life is in them, so they cannot keep on sinning, because they are children of God. And we got you. Do I got you thinking yet? Because right now, if you're in your mind and you're 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 trying to think of Scripture to combat what I just said, then you're 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 in denial. And you know where denial the d- denial is? In Egypt. Oh, by the way, Egypt is where you're in bondage. I preach hard stuff, because if I preach the easy stuff, we'll have a wild church. Oh, it's all about grace. See, grace is that thing that keeps you... Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. You cannot practice sin Dios cuida su palabra para completarla. God watches after his word to complete it. You guys this to that. So when, God, when you say, God, come into my heart, God is the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God. That word is the seed, the, word was the, seed or the seed was the word of God. When that comes into your heart, God watches after his word to perform it. So if he's watching after his word to perform it, if it lands on good ground, it's going to grow forth and spring forth fruit. Fruits of salvation, there's fruit that's going to come forth if that's in you. You can't say that God's in you if there's no fruit. And you know what Jesus said about any tree that doesn't bear fruit? It's a shade tree, and he's going to cut it off and throw it in the fire. Oh, pastor, why? I wanted you to preach about me overcoming today. Well, I'm trying to preach to you about overcoming. Right, yeah. I'm trying to preach to you about overcoming the state that you're in. Because we've been taught so much in church that just that salvation is is so much by grace and it is by grace, but the fact is we think grace is one thing that it's not. Yeah. Oh, I can get I can say this prayer and now I'm saved. I got fire insurance. Romans chapter 6, 17 and 18 says, we are no longer servants of sin, but servants of righteousness. Listen, God has given us the power. When he comes into us, he gives us the power to stop sinning. We're no longer slaves to sin. There's a difference between being a slave and then submitting to something. Come on, saints. See, you don't have to be a slave to sin. Some of us go, I can't help myself. Yes, you can. You just submitted to it. And when you submit to it, you become its slave. That's why you should, therefore, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present yourself, submit yourself, your bodies, holy and acceptable as a living sacrifice unto the Lord. See, what we need to do is submit ourselves to God. And when we submit to God, he's going to watch after his word to perform it. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. You guys know who the Bible was written to? The church. Let's keep that in mind as I read this. This was not written, this wasn't a, a, a written book written to the world. It was written for the church to read the epistles, to read the gospels, to read the Old Testament for our edification and upbuilding. In strengthening of the church. Amen. Yes. Great. Now, this is written to the church. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. He wrote this to save people, he wrote it to the church. Why would you write this warning to the church? Narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. This is not talking about life on earth. He's talking about true life, eternal life. Difficult is the way which leads to eternal life. There's so many of us in here trying to live the best life. Our best life is not a life out here trying to live and live it up and do all this other stuff. Our best life is... That God wants us to li- live is a difficult life. And he said, and there's few that find it. One of the scariest things I've ever seen when I was growing up was they had this guy, it's a, a video, and he's preaching to the church. And he's preaching hard, and he's preaching hard. This dude's preaching. Church was full, and all of a sudden, you hear bah, 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 boom, the rapture happens. And all of a sudden, he's looking around. And just a few people out of church had left. The preacher was still there. Few will find this path. This is a true picture. Do you know the Bible says examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith or not? See, you've got you to sincerely ask yourself, not compared to what you think. You can't compare yourself with yourself. You compare yourself to the Word of God. See, most of us are familiar with the cross. La mayoría de nosotros estamos familiarizando con la cruz. And on this cross, Jesus was crucified as our substitute. En esta cruz, Jesús fue crucificado como nuestro sustituto. He laid down his life for us. His blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Not only that, but the Bible says that God laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all. No solo eso sin que la Biblia dice que Dios impuso a Jesús la iniquidad de todos nosotros. He is the Lamb of God who takes away all of our sins. We all know this. By confession and by baptism, we are identified with his death, and, we bec- and he becomes our substitute. We enter into his finished work. We are made one with him on the cross. But we need to remember that there are two sides to every coin. There are two sides to every cross. He dos caras para un moneda... Y a dos lados de la cruz. You guys ever flip a coin that only has one head on it? Try to spin that coin. Go try to go buy something with a coin that only has one side on it. It's worthless. Did you catch it? There's another side to the cross. There's another dimension of the same truth. It's not well known and it's hardly preached about at all. And many of us have settled to embrace the sinner's cross. We all admitted it when I asked who was saved. You're saved because right now you go, I've confessed Jesus Christ as my Savior. We've all said that. We've all done it. We've all accepted accepted Him as our substitute. Pero eso es solo un lado de la cruz. But there is two sides to every cross de la Cruz. Two sides. And Peter alludes to this two-fold work of the cross, and he writes in Peter 2 and 21, "Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. Christ suffered for us. That's the first aspect. but he left an example. That's the second aspect. He suffered?. Woo. He suffered. It's a hurt. <laughs> he suffered, that's one side of the cross. He left us an example, that's the other side. So the work of the cross is two-sided. Jesus is our substitute, and on the other side, he's our example. In the first case, he took up his cross. In the second case, we take up our cross. The first work of the cross is for the sinner, The second side of the cross is for the disciple. Mm. Jesus said that the way to life is through the narrow gate and a difficult path. That gate is only the beginning of a journey. It's not a destination. Matthew 7 and 14 says, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few that find it. So we we must have both the gate and the path why have a door if it doesn't lead to anywhere you guys came in here this morning a, through a door that brought you into something that you wanted to come into if i give you keys to the house and you and you just go and open the door but don't go in you don't receive the benefits of having the keys to that door you have to go through that door we are saved by grace through faith everybody wants to stop and say oh we're saved by grace through, which means you got to walk through something. The Old, Testament, the Old Testament sanctuary or temple, OT temple, Old Testament temple, you had to walk in, and there was only one way in to go in and worship. Now, I don't know about some of you guys out here that like to follow uh, Oprah. And listen, I think she does a lot of nice things. She blesses a lot of people. Done a lot of things for people, but don't get that twisted with Christianity because people do charity. Well, Pastor, of the Bible says charity about love, and you no know, people give away things. It doesn't matter. It's a good tax write-off. We don't know about that because we ain't super rich. So rich people have to give away stuff, but they make it look good for them. But they need the tax write-off. So you guys, y'all need to talk to some of the rich people in here. I won't call them rich, the people that know how to deal with their money. It's with taxes. So anyway. So, Oprah, she tells everybody there's many different ways that lead to heaven, to God, many different paths. That's a lie from hell. But Oprah's so nice. So what? You could be nice and be nice all the way to hell. Anything that is against the word of God is wrong. Sorry. Here's the thing with Oprah. I want Oprah to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, because she has influence. I've, I've gotten in arguments with Christians about her Christianity. If she goes to TDJ's church, that's a lot of people go to TDH's church. TDJs don't even endorse her salvation. Salvation is there's only one way, and that way is Jesus Christ. He's the only way in. He said if any man tries to enter into the kingdom any other way, he is a thief. And we know what happens to thieves and extortioners and slanderers and gossipers. They will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. So we must have this gate. There's only one way in, one way to this path. And Jesus said, there's many people that will make it to the gate, but they don't walk the path. Many people want to accept me as as their Savior, but not everybody wants to accept me as their Lord. That whole thing about accepting him as as Lord means you become a disciple. Because people say, well, disciple, I am disciplined. I get up every morning, I pray four times. I fast, I do this, I do all that. We say a lot of these things, but we don't realize the Muslims are very disciplined. Buddhists are very disciplined. It's not the discipline in doing things. It's the submitting yourself to the Lord and Savior of this universe, Jesus Christ. I'm going to share something with you guys. You know, a lot of people, a lot of us don't like rules. Amen? Amen. I don't like rules. I really don't. I want to do what I want to do. But rules. Watch this. In the Greek, the word "rules" is called trellis. You know what a trellis is? A trellis is something that you put. Now they use when they grow grapes. If you ever go to Napa and they have those lines, so the grapes don't lay on the ground. This is not a trellis like you'll see at your house. But even at the ones at your house, you want the plants to grow up. You know what the purpose of a trellis is? Is to lift the tree off the ground so it will be more fruitful. Not that it won't bear fruit laying on the ground, but you put the trellis up, raise it up so it will guide it going up, so it will be more fruitful. How many people want to be more fruitful? I want to be more fruitful. So in order to be more fruitful, we need trellises in our lives. Trellises are rules. And you're free and you're free, and you're free. Jesus is the gate. He's the door, and he has given us this, the keys to walk the path by his example. John 10 and 7, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. Who's the sheep? Well, if he's the door, we're supposed to go through him, right? Well, we're going through the door to get somewhere, right? Well, guess where we're going? Through that difficult path. ooh, Jesus says the way to life is through a narrow gate in this difficult path. The narrow gate is Christ. It's narrow because he's the only way. But why is the path so difficult? Partly because it's much easier, much more appealing to accept Jesus Christ as a substitute as to accept him as your example. It's so much easier if I could just come up to the altar, repeat a script that the pastor says, and now I don't have to go to hell. I could live, leave here, and live how I want to. Saints of God, you are not saved because you repeat a script. I'm here to tell you, sorry. But you come. The problem is we come and all of us in here said, Lord, thank you for being my substitute. Thank you. I receive you by grace. By grace, through faith, that you are my Savior and that I now identify, I've been baptized, I identify myself with you on the cross. I thank you for that. And then you turn around and just go do what you want to do. Remember what I said earlier, that you cannot, the Bible says that you cannot continue to practice sin. So what happens is God says now that you've gotten through one side of this coin, one side of the cross, once you've now passed through that door, it is time for you to start walking this difficult path. The problem is, in an instant, we can give our lives. We're renewed and new creatures in an instant. But in in the second side of the cross, takes a lifetime. And we want everything now. Ahora. I want it now. You go right now. You go to Chick-fil-A, and if it takes more than 30 minutes, you're hot. Do not go to any coffee place and have to wait more than 10 minutes. I went to the coffee place so I can get my coffee now, huh? So we get upset. So in life, when, we're not, when we start walking this, this path, when things aren't going out the way that we want them, why is it so difficult? Because we're in need of patience. That after we wait a while, we might receive the promise. We begin to just walk this path, and because things aren't working out the way that we want them, we start taking in substitutes. We start walking and eventually it's like, as I'm walking this path, it's like, man, this trail over here is a whole lot better. Because it's easier. It's quicker. I don't know what delayed gratification is. You know what delayed gratification is? It's something that most of us don't teach our kids anymore. It's like, okay, you clean your room. And now to get my kid to clean his room, I got to give him something right away instead of him just listening, clean your room. Kids need stuff now, so we give it to them. And it's funny because the generation that this happened to is we're all adults now. And if we don't get stuff now, then we have fits. So that's why all the credit card companies and the fast loan places are making a lot of money because they realize you don't know how to wait. You don't know how to work for something. hmm it's like, man, I want that Benz. I'm not gonna wait till I get a job in a house first. You mean they're gonna loan me forty thousand dollars and I don't even have to show them I got a job? Delay gratification. We get off that path. So what ends up happening, Saints, is God knows that it's difficult because we need patience. We need to stick on that gospel path, the difficult path that God has called us on once we walk through the gate. God is calling us. See, everyone wants a Savior, but nobody wants a Lord. Can I I just share something? You know, you look around, we have many different ethnicities in here, but I have to speak to one ethnicity uh, specifically. (sighs) African Americans have a problem with the word Master. You guys grew up, you guys seen every show. Anytime we heard the word master, somebody had a pair of, like, some loincloth on, and they were getting beat and chained. And it wasn't master, it was massa. And because it's been ingrained in us as a people, we don't like that word. You ain't, you ain't going to go and call somebody master. You might call them man or sir, but you won't call them master. And we take this earthly mindset because it's ingrained in us. And we take it to the Bible, and we see that the Bible says he, that, that we need to call him master, that he needs to be our master. And somewhere deep down inside with that, we have a problem, and it's a problem of rebellion because the word master has been distorted to us in our, in our, in our lives. See, we have to break that cycle of that word because he's a good, good father. And everything he asks us to do isn't all about trying to profit him. Everything he asks us to do is for your good. If God tells you he wants you to go down this path, it's for your good to his glory. So we need to get our mindset to this place of God. You, you are not a hard slave master that would beat me and make me do anything. But Paul himself said that you have to submit yourself unto God. That I, Paul, a bond servant of Christ, which means... Basically, I've chose to submit myself to Christ and not my sin. It only takes a moment to pass through the gate, but the path takes a lifetime of walking. Amen. Good job. Jesus has said in the book of Matthew, he had told all the apostles about his coming crucifixion. And you guys know Peter, Peter, hardcore Peter. Peter's was like, no, nah, it ain't going to happen. I'm not going to do that. You guys know the whole thing. I I ain't going to let it happen, Lord. And the Lord responded. He said, listen, the master must be crucified. But anyone who desires to come after me, you're going to have to be crucified too. He was talking to him about discipleship. It's in Matthew 16, 24. It says, then Jesus said to his disciple, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Deny himself. So if I come after God, I got to deny myself. I can't live for myself and follow Jesus. He said, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Jesus isn't necessarily talking about dying. He's talking about dying to self. He's talking about becoming a disciple. He says, a true disciple doesn't try to serve me out of convenience and comfort. That's not denying yourself. Can I just ask? I'm just going to say something. I got to say it. When it comes to serving, we are so considerate here. When can you serve? We try to fit the needs of the people. Instead of going, I need somebody Thursday. I need you to do it. I'll be here. That's denying yourself. Oh, man, Thursday, you know, Thursday, games comes Thursday night football. <laughs> Deny yourself. Saints, I'm telling you, we, we have gotten our church, not saying church, that the church itself has gotten so uh, to this point where we are so messed up as a church. The Pentecostal church is lazy. It is. I got to ask you to serve. Why do I? When you're saved, you want to give back. I'm all off my notes. I'm going to leave them alone. Can I tell you guys something? When I first got saved, when I got saved, I got saved, I started telling everybody. I didn't know nothing about the Bible. I started telling everybody. First thing I did after I came up from out the altar and everything, I was saved. I was woo. I got picked up the phone, called my mom, my sisters. Hey, I gave my life to Christ. What? I just gave my life to the Lord. Man, I'm saved. Morning, I've been going to this church. I go, I'm, I'm there like almost every day. Freaked them out. They didn't believe it because of the fool I was. So much so, they had to fly out to Washington, D.C. to make sure I wasn't crazy. Ask my sisters in here, ask Satira. She knows. They literally got on a plane, like immediately got on a plane and flew because my brother done lost his mind. we trying to get him saved for the last 15 years. And that, that what happened? Where is he at? What cold is he in? Something's going on. And they got out there and found that I had really given my life to Christ. Not only that, I was so convicted with truth and love, and it just all, had all this. I got on the phone at my, at my house, my apartment, and I started calling people that I had robbed and kidnapped and I had done wrong. Yeah, I've I done it all. Wow. All these people, I calling them, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. You didn't do anything to deserve it. I was full of jealousy and hate, and I'm just, I'm just laying my life out. And I'm sorry, I give my life to the Lord now, and the Lord's having me call you to, to repent and apologize. And if you don't forgive me, I understand. But I just need to let you know you didn't deserve it and I was wrong. And I'm just sharing this news with everybody. I get to work and I'm telling everybody, hey, guys, this Sunday, I gave my life to Christ. I'm saved. And it was funny because the Christians were like, praise God. Everybody else was like, uh-huh, which I understand because those were guys I was partying with, you know. So they're like, yeah, we'll see how much. But you know what? It was, it was good that I made that confession because I'm, I'm really competitive, right? So when they're like, yeah, right, uh-huh, where are we going this weekend? I looked at them, and I was thinking in my heart, I'll show you. Yeah. 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 It helped me stay grounded. It helped me stay close to everybody that was the saints that were, was at work. And it helped. I didn't have to sit down here and go, uh, uh, you know, people didn't come. So you need to now, need to get connected, you need to do this. No, because I had good news in me. Yeah. I had some. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a million-dollar saints, you gonna call everybody? You gonna call people? You gonna call the ones that ain't gonna ask you for money? You gonna call somebody? See, when we're truly saved, nobody has to tell us to run out and, and start sharing the good news. Do you guys realize that when Jesus healed, healed uh, the, the, the lame man and he was laying there, okay, healed him, he, he didn't tell him go and, and, and preach the word. He said, go and sin no more. You know what he did? Jumped up and started telling everybody. He didn't go to one, one Bible class. He didn't do anything. He just know that Jesus touched his life, and when Jesus touches your life, you ain't got a problem sharing it. Right. Yeah. Well, Pastor, I'm nervous to share my faith with people. See, so got quiet because <laughs> some of y'all here care, you'll talk about whatever. You talk about your gas problem you had last night. You talk about anything. But sharing your faith is something that makes you nervous because you're overthinking it. You're trying to be like pastor, which I've been doing this for years. You just learned and fell in love with the Lord. That's all you have to tell somebody. Tell them what you've experienced. Don't try to tell them something you ain't experienced yet. Man, Man, I, I gave my life to Christ this week, and people are looking at you. Okay, so, so man, really, you should come to church with me. Mean, I ain't trying to go. Trust me. It's different. I met God there. Yeah, right, whatever. No, trust me. Uh, okay, don't worry about it. You have an open invitation. And guess what Yeah. And then they're going to watch you. They're going to watch you. They're going to watch when you get done wrong, how you're going to react. They're going, to, they're going to watch what you do with a raise or a demotion. Yeah. They're going to listen to your words. But then guess what? When you start becoming a light at your job, on, that's it. and then hell hits all the people around you, guess who they come to? Oh, Julie, Julie, uh, I know you go to church. I'm going through something. Can you pray for me? Right. Right. You'd, be like, you'd be like, you know what? Yeah, let me pray for you. You pray for them. And then you look at them as it, because they'll be, they'll be crying. They will be crying. And they're not crying because they're sad, because they're crying because they're experiencing the presence of God that's in you. They think it's because they're sad. It's the presence of God. And then that's, that's your turn. You say, you know what, girl? You should really come to church. You should really come and hear the word. We have a community of believers that will help support you and everything else like that. That's what being a disciple is all about. My God. As I bring this to a close, so the question that we all need to ask and the question that will arise, can Jesus be Savior but not Lord? Can I accept salvation but not discipleship? Can I enter the gate but not walk the path? And the underlining concern is really this. Can I pray the sinner's prayer and live any way I please and still go to heaven? Oh, I guess I don't have to go there because I think everybody said no. No. It's a two-sided coin. You can't receive one side of the cross. You have to do both. Let me give you a, a, an example. There was this guy that I'm telling you, I'm waiting. There's going to be somebody comes out. This Mark, my word. He's going to be called, a rapper. rapper's going to be called the rich young ruler. Watch that. There's a guy in the Bible named the rich young ruler. And it, said, and it says in uh, Mark chapter 10, it says, Then Jesus looked up at him. And said to him, let me give you some background. Rich young ruler followed all the rules. He was disciplined. Went to the synagogue. Tithed. Prayed. Served. Kept the law since a youth. Did everything disciplined and right. Then he goes to Jesus and tells Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Then Jesus looking at him and loved him. Now he loved him. Most of us don't think we're loving on you when we tell you the truth. But when I tell you the truth, I'm loving on you. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, you're doing all this stuff, but there's one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you you have, sell your possessions and give them to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up your cross, And follow me. But the Bible goes on to say, but he was sad at this word. And he went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. I'm going to break this down for you. You have a person that's doing everything. He's coming to church. He's serving. He's doing all this different stuff. And God said, out of everything you're doing, you're lacking one thing. See, he came to God looking for eternal life. And you know what Jesus offered him? Discipleship. He said, pick up your cross and follow me. Weird. But why wasn't he able to pick up his cross? As we read, it says he had great possessions. Great possessions. You know, it's funny that we use that word possession when we talk about a demon is in somebody. When a demon controls me, I'm possessed. It doesn't talk about he had a lot of things. He had great possessions. What I truly believe is, is the things that he owned didn't own, that he didn't own them, they owned him. The reason why he hung his head down and walked away sorrowful is because he couldn't give up something that he didn't have any control over. It had him. He couldn't let it go because it had him. That's like me. You guys ever see a fight and somebody's somebody's holding on, they're wrestling, one dude's holding on, but they're yelling at the other person, stop. The guy's like, ah. That's what it was like. See, what Jesus was telling him to do, I need you to get stuff out of your way. I need you to get those things out of your way so that you could become a disciple. There were things that were stopping him from following Christ, and he wasn't willing to let it go. What's holding you back from discipleship? What is holding you back from walking this difficult path? And I know you guys in here and you may be concerned that if we make salvation contingent upon discipleship, that fewer people will get saved. Now, really, I should be saying that to pastors because the pastors, a lot of pastors, they got bills to pay, so they need to build the church. And usually success, a successful church is a church that has a lot of people because a lot of people bring a lot of money and we could do things, toxic charity with money, but that's not the case. The case is, is preaching the truth because I can have a church full of people all going to hell. God wants disciples. Our concern at the Building Christian Fellowship is not building a large church. It's building disciples. I'll be honest with you. I only need 12 disciples. I only need 12 because you know what happens? 12 people that are disciples, I don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to worry about numbers. 12 people that are dedicated, that have given up their life for Christ, that are not looking for convenience, but they're picking up their cross, and they're following Christ. 12 people, you're not going to just sit there and come to church every Sunday because those 12 people are going to go get 12 more people, and then they're going to go get 12 more people, and they're going to get 12 more people, and they're not just going to bring them to church. They're going to do life with them. They're going to disciple them as they're being discipled. They're going to grow. Saints of God, that's what's going on. That's the vision that's happening here in Sioux Now, I can't speak for Fairfield. I just know this is where God has called us, the Building Christian Fellowship. And maybe my mind is just, maybe I'm thinking this, and I, I, it's too big for me, and that's why I think I really believe it's God, is that I believe the jewel of Solano County, which is Sioux City, can anything good come out of Sioux I believe revival in California can break out right here in soon. People will be flying in just to get into this revival. Watch this. It's not gonna happen in the church. We're not gonna have big bands and laying on the hands in the church. It's gonna take place out in the street. Other churches, other pastors are going to be in this because it's happening now. The pastors in Susun are meeting, we're talking, we're, we're strategizing, and, and we're doing what God's telling us to do because we believe revival can hit Susun City. There will be people in the streets, signs, miracles, and wonders uh, uh, confirming the word of God. And as soon as people are getting saved, they're getting healed, then we got all these churches prepared and ready to take these people in. They will meet the salvation side of the cross on the streets and come in and get the disciple side of the cross in the church. I believe through all this that we'll be able to plant churches, more churches in Susuun. We're not trying to build a church in Susuun that, that, that houses 8,000 people, which still wouldn't be big enough. We're trying to get other churches to build churches in different locations because there's like 30,000 people in Susuun. I want everybody in Susuun saved. 30,000. That's not big. That's really not big when you think about it. There's some churches that have that more people than that in them. 30,000. 30,000 member church. We can get a whole city saved. The atmosphere will be revival in Jesus Christ. And if that revival starts here, it will break out through the nation. It's like Azusa Street. Things will be birthed out of there. People will get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, and they'll go about their way, spreading the gospel, letting people know what the experience that they had, and the discipleship will happen. Saints of God, no longer can we come in here to church just getting a good word. We need to make sure that we're following that difficult path, accepting both sides to the cross. God has this big vision for us that we're going forward with. At the beginning of the year, it was being intentional. And I see what's happening, why he wanted us to be intentional. He wants us to be intentional with everything we do because being a disciple, you have to be intentional. And I know you're saying, Pastor, what does it really look like? What does it look like to become a disciple? What does it look like for me to disciple somebody else? What does that look like? Well, we're going to be teaching about these things. We're going to be teaching about what does it look like to sin? Because a lot of things in life ain't spelled out in the Bible. But we're trying to figure out, is that sin or not? We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, do you have time? Do you realize right now, because of time, the Mormons, the Jehovah's Witnesses are growing at alarming rates. You know why? Because they're spending time with people. Do you know what it would mean? I, I say, Do you know what it would mean if you went and visited Mother Mary? That you would just take the time that you would go by somebody's house. How you doing, man? They're like, man, you didn't have to come by here. I know. I just wanted to come and see you for five minutes just to spend some time. It's funny how Jesus didn't just go by to everybody and explain things to them and leave them. He opened up his life to them for three years. Time. This is what discipleship looks like. We'll be teaching about that in the next coming weeks. So, So this is the last thing, and I'll close. So what are we to do? Should we continue to give false comfort to those who are unwilling to take up their cross and deny themselves and follow Jesus? Do we continue to give people false hope and say, just say this prayer? It's false hope. Instead, let us endeavor to show others by example that the only way to life is through the gate and to walk the difficult path. The only way to reign with Jesus Christ is to suffer with Jesus Christ. Those that just don't hear the word of God, but those that hear the word of God and put it to practice are his true disciples. May the Lord Jesus Christ himself bear witness to the things which were said today, that they are true. Amen. 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 Stand to your feet. Jesus said, the words that I give are spirit and life. (laughs) If you receive his word, you receive new life and you receive a regeneration of your spirit. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tvcf.life. That's TBCF.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.